You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us to talk about the first impeachment inquiry hearing that took place is Fox News legal analyst Greg Jarrett. Uh, Greg, I, I couldn't believe it. it was like two different worlds. And when it went to the Democrats, every time it was Trump, Trump, Trump. And the Republicans were like, I think, trying to be measured and saying, hey, let's look at the evidence. If it goes there, this is what an inquiry is about. I mean, it was it was like alternate universe half the time. Your take. Rita, I mean, there was a constant theme among Democrats. They all stuck to it. Uh, That is, there's no evidence Joe Biden did anything wrong. It's all a waste of time. Trump is a a bigger crook than Biden, and OG Republicans are to blame for a potential government shutdown. You know, this was sort of a classic maneuver when the facts are against you, uh, deflect and distract. So unable to actually defend Joe Biden, uh, Democrats tried to change the subject and shift attention to Trump. But, I, you know, I do think many people who may have tuned in for the first time were shocked to learn that the Bidens made upwards of $24 million from foreign sources funneled into 20 shell companies, and there's no evidence they did anything to earn it except selling access to Joe Biden and promises of influence, which, as I've said before on your, on your program, that's bribery under the criminal codes. Uh, Moreover, it went unreported to the IRS, millions of dollars. That's tax evasion or tax fraud or both. Greg, it's uh, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. Welcome back to the show. Two things troubled me. Number one, they keep saying you need direct evidence, direct evidence. There's no direct evidence. Throw this out. And they don't understand they're building up a case step by step by step. And there is such a thing as circumstantial evidence and totality evidence. That was number one. The other, and I'd like your comment on that. The other thing that bothered me is the uh, the testimony from a former head of the Justice Department Tax Division showing that Wolf, who is the assistant U.S. attorney running the operation for Weiss, slam dunked and pushed aside all the connections to the influence peddling trying to link Joe Biden. So they keep saying, where is the evidence? And yet you have the Justice Department pushing any attempt by getting an honest inquiry. What do you say? I think it's called stonewalling. Yeah, it, it, it's actually obstruction uh, by the Department of Justice. Uh, you know, if you look at the established known facts uh, coming from documents, from testimony, and you compare it to the criminal statutes, um, there is evidence. It's, it's called witnesses, emails, texts, White House logs, photographs, other evidentiary material that's been produced so far that show that Joe Biden helped his son, aiding and abetting his profiteering scam, selling access to the vice presidency and promises of influence. You know, uh, the media, that's their favorite refrain. There's no evidence. Uh, But, you know, they they don't understand what evidence is. It's facts and information. It's documentary and testimonial. It's direct or circumstantial. Uh, As you well know, Judge, whether those facts rise to the level of a crime, well, that's a matter of proof, and it's a different burden of proof. But but that all still constitutes evidence. And for Democrats of the media to deny the volumes of evidence uh, is willful blindness. Governor Patterson? You know, Greg, if I was on that committee, 
I wouldn't have said a word when the evidence was first being brought out in the first couple of hearings. And the reason I wouldn't have said a word is that you want to maintain credibility rather than being pedantic and attacking, you know, raising Trump's name the first five minutes that the hearing started and then come to a decision later on. And if you want to say it later on, at least it sounds like you listened. But it seemed to me that they just came out with this volley of uh, attacks and didn't look credible at all. Well, that's because you're a reasonable guy, Governor. That's yeah. that's the difference. Well, I, uh, but, I used to be. Well, you are. Right? I, I, I'd still I, back I, you up. I'd still back you up. Okay. <laughs> I agree with the, with you, Governor. Um, uh, you know, there was this sort of faux outrage by Democrats on the panel that, oh, you're not facts witnesses. I, I mean, it must have been two dozen Democrats made that silly point. But it's typical to begin an inquiry by calling, for example, law professors, other experts to explain the constitutional framework of an impeachment inquiry, the basis for it. And, you know, Jonathan Turley, a law professor who's well recognized and respected, as well as two others agree, there's more than sufficient evidence to open the inquiry. They confirmed serious evidence of influence peddling. And as Turley said, that could constitute bribery, conspiracy, obstruction, money laundering, fairer violations and abuse of power. You know what I found dis- disgraceful, um, Greg? And, and, you know, you guys tell me, I mean, we've we've all seen a lot of hearings. It was, I thought, just the way they treated the witnesses. There, What I did find refreshing, uh, I think every American should find refreshing. They had both sides there because they had a witness who was for the Democrats, clearly. And then they had others who were not, unlike the January 6th, which was all Trump bad and we're not going to show any other side. At least there was balance. But what I found really disgraceful, and you could see the witnesses were shocked. I mean, these were people who worked at the Department of Justice. They were they were saying the most horrible things about the credibility of the witness. Like when you were 12, uh, you crossed the street improperly. Or, I mean, it was just, yeah. it was, it was horrible. And then Jonathan Turley, Jonathan, he's a, yeah, he's a very people, well known. Yeah, two people, as Greg knows, two very well respected people. You had Sullivan, who ran the Justice Department tax division, who was just giving it to you straight, how they sidestepped, and they cut off all lines of inquiry. And you have Turley, who's a first rate constitutional law professor talking about what you needed to make a case. He didn't say he had a case yet. He said, but you do have the parameters to go forward. Right. Part of the problem here is that this should be a limited select committee instead of having so many people. And, you know, a lot of the people are inexperienced, junior members. They've been in the House of Representatives a a nanosecond. Uh, They're uninformed. And they go off on these, you know, camera attention-getting. They want to make a name for themselves. Yeah, yeah. and so you the know, moment I in the sun. Kevin McCarthy for this and Comer. I mean, they should have gotten together and with Jim Jordan and said, "Look, we got if we're going to make headway here, we can't have you yeah. know thirty-five people on this panel." No, we you're right. How many people are on the panel, people. Greg? You know, I, I don't know, but it seemed like there's certainly more than 20 on each side. And, you know, you've got to have a, uh, maybe uh, 10 on one side, 8 on the other. Or, you know, you've got to have less than 20, you know. take it. Absolutely. Take it no, absolutely. We have to take a break right now. And thank you very much for coming on. And uh, Greg, you're awesome. Keep, keep us you. posted, please. My pleasure. Take thank care. You. Thank you, Greg.